Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Glad you're with us. Welcome to Walk with God. My name is Walt McCord, and over the past few days, Brenda and I have been having a conversation about how difficult it can be to find and cultivate and then maintain authentic connections. Hey, Brenda, do you remember the first time we went to Pizza Hut together? I sure do. You and my younger brother, Jeff, were going to head up to Elmira for pizza. And when you showed up at our house, Jeff had decided he was too tired and he wasn't going. And as you stood in our kitchen, I have to confess, I felt really sorry for you because you looked very lonely and I knew you'd worked all day and you were really hungry and you wanted to eat some pizza. And so I agreed to ride along with you. And I am so glad you did. <laughs> but what I remember most about that evening was you kept asking questions about my sister and her missions trip to Guam. And, and I wanted to talk with you and get to know you better. I thought you were really cute and I wanted to see if I could start an authentic connection. <laughs> Well, <laughs> true. So pizza and some time together in conversation did begin a true authentic connection for us. And I'm glad too, Walt. And over the past year, as we've walked through this COVID um, year, authentic connections have been a challenge. We've seen that to be a real challenge in our own lives with small groups, friends, family, different times. You had COVID a few months ago and we had to go into quarantine for two weeks. And that distance and lack of time together with others, Zoom calls certainly don't feel like authentic connections as you sit and look at a grid of faces on our computer screen. And so our life has just brought about new challenges. Well, this week, as we open up our Bibles to the book of Ruth, we are going to see an authentic connection begin to grow between two key characters in our story. So if you'll turn to chapter one, verse six, we're going to dig into this week's Bible lesson. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. And so we imagine here are three widows. Naomi's husband Elimelech has passed away. The two daughters Ruth and Orpah have lost their husbands and now they are preparing to return the three widow women to Bethlehem. And so I'm sure at this point they're packing the bare minimum of what they'll need because they can't carry very much on this long journey. And on the way, Naomi stops her daughters-in-law as they're going along and she encourages them. She says to them, go back to your mother's homes. Go, don't You don't need to come with me. She's freeing them to return home. They're no longer responsible. And in fact, Naomi also 
as it were, gives them a blessing, right? And may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me, that loving kindness, that Hebrew word chesed, loyal, covenant-keeping love. Ruth and Orpah, you have been so kind to me. I saw the way you served and loved and cared for my sons, your husbands, and you no longer need to help. And so, Walt, as we see these three women, these widows alone, no men traveling with them, what does their situation look like as they are talking in this journey? Yeah, and I think here geography helps. I, I almost see uh, Naomi and Ruth and Orpah, I see them at the edge of the Moabite Plateau, and behind them is all green. Behind them are crops. Behind them gets um, 16 to 20 inches of rain a year. And so it's actually has more rain than Bethlehem. And so looking back, it's all green and that's where your families were. But she turns and she looks forward and going back to Bethlehem, she's now going to have to go down, descend uh, over 4,500 feet from the Moabite Plateau down the Arnon River Gorge and, and through the, the, the wilderness of Moab, cross the Dead Sea and then go up to En Gedi, replenish and get your water there at that waterfall of En Gedi. And then continue on up the Tekoa Ridge route to get into Bethlehem. And this is going to be a long and a hard drive. And this is not going to be easy. And with that, it's interesting with her second speech, she talks about briefly about the law of Leverite marriage. Now, we don't want to dig into that too much. But if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 5 to 10, what you'll see is there was a provision that, that Naomi, if she got married and she had a, a boy, that that boy, once he had grown up, he could marry one of these two girls. And Naomi's letting them know, I'm not going to be able to produce a, a, a son that you might marry in 15 years. And, and their response is one of sorrow. And read just even uh, verse 14. And again, these women wept together. They're in anguish. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But contrast that, Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Orpah left and she heads back home, but Ruth clings to Naomi and continues the journey on. And this seems to me like this is, this is Naomi's red line in the sand. You, if you continue on, Ruth, if you don't turn back now, your die is cast and you're, you're going to go forward. And that leads us to, to Naomi's third a speech or her third urging of Ruth to go back to Moab. And as we look at that in 15 to 18, it's Naomi's now walking side by side with Ruth. And she's thinking in her mind, Ruth, you don't want to do this. You have no idea what's ahead of you. The, the dangerous road that we're going to travel, the miles the climb, the hike that it is. And once again, she encourages Ruth. But what we see here in verses 16 to 18 is a wonderful response from Ruth, pledging, pledging this um, commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi. So beginning in verse 16, Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, 
I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. And, you know, as I read these verses, I'm struck by the reality that Ruth has seen the false gods of Moab. She grew up with them, idols in her home, false worship of gods. But here we see as it is her statement, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so she's saying to Naomi, I'm not only just coming with you as my mother-in-law, our husband's now gone, we're each a widow, but I'm coming with you because I want to be where your people are and where your God is. And I love at the very end, because of Ruth's determination, and I, I kind of think about what did her determination look like? You know, did she have this look on her face, this grit that she got, um, that or this stance that she took with her body? She put her hands on her hips and she said, I'm going with you. I am not going back to Moab. But Naomi then knew that she was determined. And I think it's sweet because she said nothing more. We don't see her challenging Ruth. And this is a covenant faithfulness that we see in this woman. A woman's character is revealed in her family's ability to trust in her, that her family knows. And so as she shows to Naomi a faithfulness in this commitment, Naomi knows, yes, this woman's going to follow through. And it reminds me of an example in our family, Walt. One of our boys was still an infant and nursing in the middle of the night. And we had gotten up in the morning and scuffed our way out to the kitchen. I was making coffee and I think you were probably looking for your favorite Diet Coke in the morning. And you turned to me and with great joy in your voice, you said to me, the baby slept through the night last night. And I walked over to you and I gently patted your shoulder and your back and I said, well, well, somebody slept through the night last night, but it wasn't the baby. <laughs> Not one of my best stories to tell. But, and I, remember, I, I sleep deeply at night. <laughs> yeah. I'm content. You, you do. Well, also, this covenant of faithfulness involves not only commitment to family, but it involves commitment to the community. It involves our commitment to God. And so we see that within that commitment to com community is how does a woman care for her society, for her neighbors, for those around her? And we see here that this, these are widows. These are the helpless that we see in our society. And in fact, Ruth is also demonstrating that. Yes, Ruth herself is a widow. She's a young widow, 
but she's saying, I can't let my mother-in-law, she's older than me, I can't let her as a widow return to Bethlehem alone. I'm going to go with her. And then that covenant faithfulness also involves my commitment to God. A woman's character is revealed in her faithfulness to God. And so where Orpah turns and goes back to home, Ruth clings to Naomi and she goes forward to Bethlehem. You know, Abraham Lincoln has a quote that he said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. And so in the midst of this strong statement of a person from a pagan background, a pagan culture, Ruth calls a curse on herself if she doesn't fulfill her commitment, her covenant of faithfulness to God and to Naomi. And even as, as we think about that, um, burial commitments, burial, um, the importance of that. You wanted to be buried with your family. You wanted to be buried with the clan. You, there was a continuity there. And Ruth has said, no, you're now my family. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love that, yeah. that picture. There's, there's no men in the scene to protect and provide for him. But Ruth says, I'll do that. Well, as we end the book of Ruth, um, verses 19 through 22. So the two of them continued on in their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited about their arrival. Is this really Naomi? The women asked. And don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such a tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth and the young Moabite women, and they arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. And even as they arrived, there's hope, but there's also such discouragement in these verses. You, you hear Naomi say, don't call me pleasant one in anymore. Call me bitter one. And, and you see the shame. Um, as Naomi comes into Bethlehem, people, whoa, is that really Naomi? I mean, she's at least 10 years and, and could be as much as 15 or more years older so yes, yeah, she's aged and looks a little different. But the point is that she went out with a husband and two sons and she's coming back just with this daughter-in-law. What happened, Naomi? And even in her desire to change her name, we're going to see that God doesn't change her name. That she's saying, I can't understand this. You know, this prelude of things to come, it's in the beginning of a barley harvest and that's usually mid to late April. Uh, we've been in Israel at that time. It's a beautiful time. And there's a celebration that, that we have now food. We now have bread to eat that's fresh. And in this case, bread town, which had been having a famine, the town of Bethlehem, now has bread once again. You know, even as um, at this point, normally we begin to talk about not just uh, what we've learned in our heads, but we talk about how that needs to be transferred to our heart. And Naomi's feeling of sorrow and discouragement right here, they're totally valid. Um, the death of loved ones is a confusing and it's a painful time. And it leads to, to deep emotions. And Naomi is certainly feeling that sorrow 
Um, and I know, Walt, for you, you watched as a young teenage boy the sorrow of your mom as your father had passed away. And so in a situation that Naomi found herself in, you certainly, I know you've shared with me in the past that you would often hear your mom crying at night. And so it's very real. It's part of our human experience and saying goodbye to a loved one is hard. It's legitimate. But Naomi, her feelings of being alone, you know, while as you were reading the verses up in Ruth 1, 19 to 22, it just struck me, her words, um, the Lord Almighty has been bitter, has made my life bitter, right? I went out full, but the Lord brought me home empty. And so I say in that, where was Ruth? Well, she was standing right there beside her, right? Yeah. And 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 here's Naomi saying to the women in Bethlehem, I went out full. I had a husband and two sons, and here I am all alone. And and Ruth's like, um, I'm I, I'm here with you. Remember, yeah. I hiked with you. Yeah. What am I, chopped liver? That you uh, say yeah. no one's with you? I've made a heck of a journey, and and I'm with you. And, you know, I, I think we need to give Naomi some grace mm. because people um, in times of crisis, people in times of deep sorrow, um, as they look in on themselves and they, they just say, what is happening? God must be angry with me. You know, I often say at this point that Naomi's greatest problem as chapter one ends is she has not read Ruth chapter four. <laughs> exactly. She, she doesn't know what God's about to do. Yeah, because we know what is true in this moment. But literally, if I walk out the door or I get in my car to go up to the grocery store, I don't know what's going to happen. And she doesn't know what's ahead, does she? And in fact, she finds herself in, we would say, this temporary depressed place. And this is a reminder, Walt, for you and for me, for those listening, we do not know what God's plans are. We don't know what he has in store for us. And so as we wrap up chapter one, remember the story began with one man and his wife, two sons, a long journey to Moab. Why? Because there was a famine in Breadtown, a famine in Bethlehem. And then death strikes the family. The husband dies. The two sons marry Moabite women and the two sons die. And then three women begin the trip back to Bethlehem, but only two complete the trip. Barley harvest is beginning. What is God doing? How will he provide for Naomi and Ruth? And we hope that you will join us next week as we walk into the barley fields and continue finding authentic connections as we walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America and Outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.